0: You know, when you see successful entrepreneurs and you think they have it all figured out or they must be working um, really long hours. And um, that's really not true in most cases. First, nobody has it all figured out and you can get a lot done in just a few hours a day. This is what I'm talking about today with my guest, Ashley Hagen. Ashley is an online yoga teacher and business coach, um, so she's went from teaching 15 plus yoga classes per week and struggling as a studio owner through the pandemic to growing a thriving business 100% Online, With a background in marketing and graphic design, she now combines her skills with her passion to help yoga teachers navigate the world of online yoga teaching and business building. I loved our conversation. Um, Ashley is amazing. She's so real and authentic. And we dive in to other things, what it really means to build a profitable business with a young kid, um, with not really knowing where it's going and what it means to invest um, into your education and a lot more. So I can't wait for you to meet her. So let's dive in. Ashley, welcome to the Blissful Bliss Fibers podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you, thank you. I'm excited to be here too. Can you introduce yourself? Tell
1: us um, what you do. What has your journey been like? Oh, there's so much, but I'll try to give a short version. So, I'm. My name is Ashley, and my business is Ashes Yoga. That's where I am, and show up online and my website, all that stuff. And I currently, um, currently, after a long journey, I. I help yoga teachers with the confidence and skills and mindset shifts to build a business from home or really anywhere in the world. Um, whether that's wanting to teach in-person classes and show up and advertise online, or actually to make income online in different revenue sources, because it's tough to to make a full-time living if you if that's a goal, teaching. Class after class after class. There's a limit to that. And so I want to encourage yoga teachers and anyone in the health and wellness space that uh, to, I guess, diversify their income and, and, but still in a very authentic and, and happy and positive way. <laughs> and I did, um, and just previously a little bit of the story is I had, I started teaching yoga in 2011. So over 10 years ago, I took my teacher training. And I've had this goal of becoming a full-time yoga teacher right away after training, 23 years old. I said, I'm going to do this full-time. So a couple weeks after training, not recommended, but I quit my full-time graphic design job and I went full-time yoga teaching without any (laughs) really employment. I said, I'm going to do this. Uh, You know, looking back, not the best idea. I had no plan really, but I started teaching full-time yoga. I thought Like my dream or my thought was as a full-time yoga teacher, like you saw on Instagram in the past, like traveling and beaches and handstands and beauty everywhere. It was not like that. (laughs) I taught 15 to 20 classes a week in different gyms and studios. And in my twenties, I'm like, sure, I've got the energy for that. It was tiring and not sustainable. So it was actually pre-pandemic 2015 when I set a goal of wanting to create online courses. And that's I think so early. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what so started at the same time. It's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually found you and your website or your Facebook group at the time in 2016 or 17 because I was looking for ideas for myself for yoga and marketing or yoga and graphic design, or how could I combine my skills that I had as um professionally as a graphic designer with also also my passion for teaching yoga how could I bring them together so I was looking for people who did that too and I saw you and your blogs and talking about websites and it's all um, experience I had too but I hadn't built up I don't think quite the same that you did but it was still very inspiring I think it was one of the first Facebook groups I joined (laughs) yeah
0: back then Facebook groups were still like I mean they're still working I closed it. So it's not really active anymore. I found it draining. And um,
1: I was going to ask about that (laughs) because I have a large Facebook group and I get questions now. Now with I see a lot of yoga teachers actually who have had big Facebook groups, either closing it or limiting it or making it admin only posts. And I'm curious as to the reason because I have a large Facebook group, it's got like forty five thousand people right now, and I just don't know about it. I mean, it's great, it's a great resource, but it's a lot of repeat questions, a lot of the same thing, and it's not necessarily actively growing my business. It's growing the group, but I'm not sure how much it really is benefiting mm. me as and and with the with the amount of work and effort that it takes to moderate it.
0: yeah, I felt that engagement was so down. Like when I posted something that was a little bit more promotional, really nobody saw it. <laughs> um, and um, and I also felt it didn't really serve my the members so much because they thought you know it served those people who were looking for to get everything for free, and they didn't really get results from they oh, maybe thought they would get results, but they didn't. And then I was, um, I was about simplifying my business and really focusing on less offers right now. I'm like, okay, should I create new offers? I'm like, no, I have that thought process, but you know how it is. We are always like pivoting, always mm-hmm. evolving. It's like, you never have that perfect strategy where it's lined out for the next five years, <laughs> what you're going to do, and then you're going to stay with it. Um, yeah. So, and then the thought of, so I thought, okay, if I, either I'm going to make it so that engagement is up, so do I really want to show up like weekly, do a live stream in that group every single week? And it didn't feel good in my gut. You know what I mean? It didn't feel good. It felt like, ooh, no. <laughs> I was, and now we show up on Instagram and, and everywhere. So it's was like, no, I'm going to focus on another platform. And that's why I archived it. And then I've, sometimes I keep thinking, should I do it again? But now actually when I'm talking about it, I'm like, no, I don't want to open it again.
1: No, I agree. And I, I know like, well, Facebook groups, Instagram, there's a difference between those things, And like you have a blog and a podcast, which is evergreen or lives on longer. People can search it. And that's where I find uh, for me, it's YouTube where I find most of the people that end up working with me are still finding a video I posted seven and a half years ago. That's how most people find me as a video from seven and a half years ago. And I continue to make videos. Whereas for YouTube, whereas posting to Instagram or the Facebook group, It just gets pushed down so fast and they're fighting so much for your attention on that constantly that it, that it leads. I think it leads oftentimes to burnout and needing that digital detox break and feeling like what's even the point. But when you're making something that lives on, that can be searched, you no longer, you have this library, you no longer need to continue to post the same thing over and over and over. So, I mean, a recommendation I've always given for myself and others is, create weekly content on a platform that lives forever or a lot longer.
0: Yes, I love that. I'm always teaching that as well. And I actually, I just promised myself, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. I'm going to do, I want to do weekly YouTube videos. So I'm not (laughs) going to give you time, but (laughs) um, I promise myself I do that because I so strongly believe in the power of video. And I just, I know that I didn't want to do video for the longest time when I started in my business. I was really so reluctant to show up and I really had all those fears about visibility and doing videos and it stopped me, right? So it really hindered my growth. And now I don't really, th- I, I, I started doing reels just a few months ago because I realized, yeah, I don't really have a choice if I still want to use Instagram. I think if you want to use Instagram, if you want to post something on Instagram, you have to do video content. Otherwise just don't bother. What's your take on that?
1: Oh yes, actually, for sure. And um, what I found with different different platforms and over the years, since it's been a few years now, I've actually never been afraid to show up on video. So I started in 2011, pre-yoga <laughs> on YouTube, and I wanted to be a, a vlogger. <laughs> so little old me being you know 22, just out of college, starting to post just random videos. And I never had this fear that someone was going to see it, or I just did it for fun because it was fun. And I'm seeing because I went through that experience of having fun with it. um, it, It's something that it makes that I'm much more confident with today. And back then video wasn't as, as important as it is today, but a lot of people I find are seeing the others who have gone through the trials and errors of it. And they're showing up confidently and you might think, well, I could never do that, or I'm not like that, or it's scary. But if you look back and anyone is welcome to look back at my videos from 2012, um, it's not good. <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> it's, it's really, oh, someone left a comment on a video from 2012 or 13. And I just, you know, face to palm moment. It's cringy, but we all have to go through that, that practice and that, you know, getting started and just like, being a yoga teacher, your first class is not going to be your best class by no means is it going to be great, but it'll everyone has to start as a beginner. And because video is so important, enjoy that beginner process. I know it's uncomfortable, but to get visible, you definitely do need to be on video and for yoga teachers, especially if you're building your own business. You, your face, you are your brand. Like you are your entire brand. That is, that's, it's not your colors, it's not your logo or even your name, but you and your, your face, you're like you. you.
0: So, um, do you think that you've been so young and full of energy? (laughs) I mean, I believe like probably in my 20s as well that the world belonged to me. And then suddenly it doesn't feel like that anymore
1: no no yes, it's starting to
0: feel like that again gets better when you get older again um mm-hmm. what was that like when you started do you have like people around you who've been entrepreneurs or yoga teachers
1: no I didn't actually um but the one thing that I did do and I know that you would recommend this too I've I've listened to plenty of your advice and a lot of others' advice is when I was going through that transition of quitting my job, I was actually in an online course in 2013. I took an online course on goal setting and priorities, and it really motivated and helped me. And that course was, at, at the time, very expensive. For me, it was $1,000. And I took this course, and it gave me this belief that I could do it. And so I, I don't think I could have done it without that mentorship or that coaching in that online course. And then from there, I knew the importance of investing in myself. And so I would attend conferences and fly to different cities and, and spend whatever extra money I had to do the personal development and professional development I needed to succeed in the future. Because at the time I, I wasn't super successful. I wasn't making tons of money, but there were a few people that encouraged me to go to different events and conferences, um, take different trainings, not necessarily yoga, but the business trainings needed outside of yoga to combine my passion for what I wanted to teach and the business I wanted to grow. But that was 10 years ago. And I didn't actually see the benefit of that until 2018 or 19, like years later. And I remember hearing for every dollar you spend on professional development you get 13 back or something like that and i was like is that true cuz it's been 5 years and i'm not seeing much <laughs> but then you know give it more time and a little bit more time so many of us quit before we actually see the the fruits and the the results of that and and we quit in that growth phase that we all need to go through and if you just give it a little more just a little bit I there and implement what you learn. It is definitely possible. Um, it was really though the pandemic that catapulted what I was doing. So I, I wanted to teach online forever, like for since my training, my first experience with yoga was from a DVD system. So I did yoga on video in 2010, 11, 12, and I loved it. I would pop the DVD in, do my yoga practice every morning. And in my mind, I said, I want to be that. I want to be my teacher one day. I want to do that for people. I didn't know what live streaming was. I thought I'd make DVDs. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, had there been groups or what we have now back then, that's what I wished for. I just knew I wanted that so bad. And so I just continued practicing to my DVDs and dreaming and hoping someday that I would also make courses. I love
0: that. So you're still teaching or is it now that you're really solely focused on
1: business? And if you do, when did that change? Well... Um, I moved across the country in 2018, had a baby, and that was a big shift. So in that time, i that's when I really started to show up on YouTube and online because I didn't have a studio, I didn't have anywhere, but I was so used to teaching 15 or more classes a week, and I had the skills as a yoga teacher, I went through that process, but I also knew how to make videos, and that's all I had at the time was a camera and my teaching skills. So let's make videos. So I started doing that. And a year later, I randomly actually um, bought a yoga studio. So I, someone was closing their studio, a place that I had loved and cherished. I worked one class a week there, a local studio. And she said, hey, you want to buy it?
0: When was that? That was 2019. Ooh, 19. That's five timing. months.
1: Five months I was open and then the pandemic struck. And in those five months, it was a glorious five months. We were growing. I was rebuilding the place. It was so, it was so much fun and I absolutely loved it. And so 2019, I actually set my goals of online business aside and I said, I'm going to go all in on the studio because it's very similar running an, um, an in-person studio. Uh, all the skills I learned about online business and, and video and marketing. Oh, so I bought a yoga studio and um, I set my online business and online yoga teaching dreams aside because I was a mom. I was a studio owner. I only had so much time. So then what happened? Uh, The pandemic, (laughs) that's what happened. And so we were growing. March was a great month or February and March were awesome. And then we closed and just like many, it's like, okay, we've got two weeks to be closed. So what are we going to do? So within 24 hours with the skills I had for online teaching already, I just shifted everything online and it was actually really easy. And so that, that transition for me was not hard. I was actually really excited to go back online because it's something I wanted to do anyway. And so I was just giddy with excitement and thinking, Yeah, I I can do this online teaching thing. Now, getting other teachers on board, not so easy. (laughs) So I shifted online. I still had two years left on my lease, closed yoga studio, high expenses, but I had the skills for online and I had great mentorship or I knew who to ask the questions to, like people like you and your podcast or your blog posts, people like... Um, uh, just others out there who were, who were helping. And so I started online for my studio. Now just on Zoom or just yoga classes. Oh yeah. I shifted everything to zoom, um, shifted everything to zoom, used a, a scheduling software. It was okay. Actually, I, I honestly didn't like it because I found that the local students didn't translate well to online. But I was also growing an online business helping yoga teachers to teach online. But because my studio was so small and it was still in growth phase, I didn't get many participants. And it was exhausting teaching 10 classes a week and maybe having someone to show up. Mm. Where I found that my Facebook group for yoga teachers had exploded from 500 members to 1,500 to thousands more every month. And so after a while, with two years left on the lease, I had to ask myself, which business do I want to run? Do I want to continue fighting for this yoga studio? And I promised people I would reopen. And I I can't feel guilt about that because I did what was best for me. I promised we would reopen because I was you know, applying for grants. I was doing everything that I could. I was making money online to pay for the rent. And I was also living on my own with a one-year-old. So it was very expensive. And I did everything I could. And when it got down to the end of the lease in 2021, I made the decision just to close or end the lease because my online business was doing so much better. And had I been in a different part of my life where I don't have kids or maybe they're older and I'm, I'm older or they're out of the house, yeah, I would have reopened my studio, but having a toddler and trying to be present for him while also running a studio on my own with no help was really, really hard. So for my son and for my sanity, I decided um, just to let the lease expire. And I was really kind of happy about it. It felt like a weight off my shoulders and I could go all in with my online business. So what does that look like for you right now? What do your days look like? Ooh, my days are wonderful. I absolutely love the way that each of my days is structured. Now, currently, I, just for fun, actually, I teach a Zoom class every morning at 6 a.m. My time. Oh, my God. Every morning. Every morning. Well, five days a week. So every weekday and five days a week. And I've been doing this for two and a half years. And it's free. So I do it for free or people can pay donations. That's fine. But I do it for free. Every day I wake up at 5.30 weekdays and I teach the 6 a.m. class. Someone asked today, well, why would five days a week seems like so much? But in comparison to when I was teaching 10 to 15 classes online at the beginning of the pandemic, it's actually scaled back. So it's very easy for me. It's become a habit. And the reason I teach this class, and I've I've talked about this uh, in other places, is I do it for me. And unlike typical advice where you tell yoga teachers, you know, you're teaching a class for the students and you have to do it for them. And it's their practice. This class that I lead is entirely for me. I do every, all the movements and the meditation with the students. I'm just inviting my friends with me on my journey. And I end up getting a bunch of people to join. And I, and, um, One of my Instagram reels blew up once with 2.2 million views, and I ended up with a class of 123 registrants. Oh one my day. god! <laughs> and I'm like, really? So that's really—it's helpful in growing my email list. That's for sure. I think maybe half of them actually attended, but I mean, I get a regular group of 16 to 20 people each day, and it's—it's it's amazing. So that's how I start my day, and I do that again completely for me. Um, it's similar practice day to day, 30 quick minutes. And the, the reason I do 6 a.m. is because I, I have a young child that will wake up an hour later. And it was the only time I had before. So I used every single pocket of my, of my day to work when I was able to. When my son was smaller, he wasn't in daycare. So I had nap time, early mornings and late at nights. And that's what I did. And so 6 a.m. was my Zoom class. And I've taken time off. I took a summer off once. I've taken a couple weeks off. I will take a couple months off in January and February. I'm going to have another baby. So (laughs) I'm going to take some time off. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So I'm taking a few months off then. And what I found is that's so, so refreshing to take time off. But that's how my day starts every day. From there, it's, you know, mom life until my son goes to daycare. and. Prior to him going to daycare last year, um, it was just a lot more mom life and a lot less time for work. But I knew by him going into daycare or just getting some help, I was able to help a lot more people and also do the work that I love more consistently. How so I ended prioritize? up do you prioritize?
0: Because then you have really limited time. So how do you prioritize? Because you've built a really successful business. So yeah. How did you get there?
1: The priority, so i listened I read a book and listened to a couple of podcasts in the past, and one of the things that I learned early on, especially my son was really little, this was early pandemic, and I would get so frustrated because I never had time, and I didn't have help at the time either. and so my family doesn't live nearby, and every time my son would be napping i'd I'd end up cleaning or doing something else, and I listened to someone and some advice who told me that. Like you have to use those hours for full focus tasks. And I started to make a list of what's a full focus task. What can I do that I can't do with a baby that's awake and that's creating videos. The big thing is creating videos and creating and doing things that I just absolutely cannot do. So I ended up using his nap time. So two to three hours a day, only doing things I couldn't do with him awake. And that didn't even include working out or my yoga practice. I can do that with a baby around. So my workouts were when he was awake. I wouldn't work out first thing in the morning anymore. I would get on Zoom and teach a class, or I'd do things that I could only do if he was sleeping or not around. So once I shifted that, once I started using those micro hours, little hours, those little times, those little pockets of the day, only for 100% full focus tasks, my productivity just exploded. And it was something I struggled with in the past. So he would take a nap and I think, oh, I could do the dishes. I could do the laundry. And once I shifted that I'm like, no dishes and laundry, wait until he's awake because I could carry him. He could help me. I mean, not really, but that's, that's one of the things that really shifted for me is I didn't have a lot of time. So I needed to maximize the the time that I had. So again, 6am to 7, um, two to three hours during the day. And then there were days that I would be working until midnight to create online courses. I don't do that anymore. I, I don't need to work till midnight, 1 a.m. anymore. But there was a little bit of hustling there um, in the early days.
0: I know. I've been there too. And I think it's especially when you are in that messy middle mm-hmm. where you are like, creating things and content and showing up and you're doing all the things by yourself because you don't really have the the needs you you don't really have the revenue the income to really hire support yet so you need to get yes. to that next level
1: mm-hmm. and then that shift oh. happened for me at there was a point where I had a little extra and I said okay I need daycare help and that was it my son was two and a half at the time and and I called up wherever I could and said I need an opening now <laughs> and that was that was a big step for me was allocating that much money and anyone with kids will understand the expense of daycare it's not cheap so i i got him into a place local and i was so so grateful i mean i even told them like i will pay you double i need this now i didn't have to pay them more but he was able to get in and that um was like very life saving for me and whereas in the in the past i just it was a lot of I've got free time. I have to be working. And so there was a little shift too. there later on when he was in daycare, I had more time. So I constantly felt like I needed to be working for the full eight to nine hours. He was there. But the truth was I could actually scale back and have my life back. I could, I could go for a walk and not feel guilty, but it took a little time to retransition back to feeling like I could have some free time.
0: I know that feeling so much. When I started, I was living in Bali and I always felt like when I was working too much, I was feeling bad because "Ah, I should enjoy Bali. I should do this. I should go to the beach. I should hang out with friends. And then when I was doing that, I was feeling bad because then I saw other people, oh, I'm working all night or (laughs) late. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that. So, hmm. Um, what helped me there is, um, and actually life coach, Liana, she had that idea is to commit to working. I think back then I, I said it's 35 hours per week. I would, would feel good with that. And I was tracking the time I was working at this little app that tracked every task, every time, ta- every task in Asana. I use Asana to manage all my to-dos. And so I clicked the button, start now, <laughs> click the button when I was finished, which is a super, really Really, 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 very hard thing to stay um consistent with that. It's a great mindfulness practice, and um yeah, and and then just like feel like it doesn't matter when I work, it can be a Sunday, when it's raining, it can be a Saturday night when I just want to stay at home and if I want to have like Wednesday afternoon suspend at the beach, so that's, so I don't do that amazing. anymore, but that really helped me,
1: yeah, yeah, and I've also found that. With the coaches or the mentors or the people that you follow or the courses that you create, you have to look at the person you're learning from. And inevitably, what they're teaching you is is what they're doing. So if it's someone working 50, 60, 70 hours a week, that is what you're headed towards by learning from them. So I found a coach for business and course creation who works 10 hours a week and is very successful. She also has a young child. And I'm like, I want that life. So I want to learn from you. But if I were to learn from someone else, I really want to look at their life and what they've built and the way that they're living. Cause if they are someone who, who promotes working till midnight being on every weekend and making sure you're always you know hustling or or responding to <laughs> Who's every email? Like, that I don't think anybody would say that I, hope these I know but there I hope not I hope not but in the past there were people saying that like you've got to grind you've got to hustle you've got to do all the things and if like prioritize work and and so if anyone uh. is like teaches that I, I hope they don't anymore but there's there probably are some people I hope not but um but just looking at the the people that are that you're learning from and, and seeing if the way and the, the timing and the what they're doing in their lifestyle matches the way that you'd want to live.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like maybe in the end, it was even beneficial that you had such a limited amount of time for your business yes. growth?
1: Yes, 100%. Because what I found with the people that I work with and when I had first quit my job, um, Pre kids and and when I had in the past I had a a husband that was able to help support. Um, No, I no longer have that. You have so much time; it's so hard to actually sit down and get things done. You think, you think, well, I've got all this time; I'll get it. I'll get to it. But when you don't have the time, you have to look at your calendar and say. What hour do I have to do this important task? And you have to schedule it in. So it was so much easier for me knowing I only had such limited time to actually get those important things done. Whereas with a full open calendar, the important things just sort of like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it um, whenever. So I find that happening with a lot of people who have I love
0: that. too yeah. much time. It's like saying goodbye to perfectionism. Progress, not perfection. Just get it out there. Um, it's always what I tell my students. Like when I create reels, I give myself two takes. That's it. videos, And then it has to go out there and I don't want to spend more than 10, 15 minutes on a release. I don't do any fancy stuff with transitions and things. I don't have time for that. I love them. I love other people doing them. You like It's amazing.
1: They look great. But, and, but I'm not my best reels. Yeah. My best reels are the least amount of effort. Really? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, the least amount of effort. And you don't know which ones are going yeah. to perform or get a bunch of views. I've had a lot of my, I remember my first reel who that hit over 100,000. I was just amazed at like, so the simplicity of it and and had no idea. What did you do? What was it about? <laughs> it was a sun salutation and it was just a countdown, 10, 9, 8. And I did a sun salutation with the the audio that was counting down from 10 and it literally had 800,000 views. Wow. Like, what? And so I, and that's the first reel that took my account from like 4,000 to like 10,000 uh, followers. And I'm like, it's just a sun salutation. And then people, it's so interesting what, and I also have a, a pretty thick skin now too, but the things people get mad about, like something about my form, I don't know. It was just so funny. And most of the people, you know, don't have um, a profile picture or they're saying things just to be trolls. You just ignore them. But that was my first um, instance of of seeing how Instagram reels really work. Mm. And since then, a few others have, I think I had quite a few hit over a hundred thousand, a couple over a million. And then it got to a point where I felt like I had to do it every single day, like make all these reels, which is great. Don't get me wrong. If you're looking to, to grow your Instagram, but there gets to a point where you've grown, but what's like, what are you doing to convert them into customers or sales or, or, um, to work with you? So it's great. It's, to grow yeah, and all. It's so
0: important to remember. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality of the people who are following you. You might yes. get a lot of people watching your release who never want to pay you for anything that you do, right? So, so I could also, create like yeah. a lot of content with my puppy or things. People would love it, and but the, it wouldn't help me build my business so um so I don't really when I create reels I don't think about okay is this going to go viral it's like it's more like is this going to be really valuable someone who discovers me and going through my content feel like I'm sharing value and that maybe realize oh yeah this is actually a person I could imagine seeing myself working with
1: Yes, that's well, I decided, I think at one point last year when I was creating a lot of reels, I set a goal for myself that I would only talk about my morning movement and meditation class on Zoom. That's it. So I get really specific and I started using trending audios to to just promote that class. Now I have other offers and other things that I do, but because it's so random it seems with what explodes or goes viral for you. Um if I only talked about one topic, then it was bound that at some point it was like more people would see that and be invited. So every single reel or most of them, I would say nine out of 10 of them had an invite to my Zoom class in the morning and it was collecting emails. And, and that's when, like I said, I had 123 people register one day from a reel and then it was 93 and 93. And I mean, Zoom has a limit of 100. So they I knew also not pay? Everybody.
0: Because you said it's a free class of donation. No, so interestingly,
1: 123 people registered. Look down the list. There, I do have optional payments. So you can pay $5 to buy me a coffee. $0 for the Mm. day that 123 people were signed up. The next day, I maybe had $5 in that little, like I could check. but And I don't expect to get paid. I really expect first timers to, to join for free. But the people that do pay are people who are my regulars. To yeah, I wouldn't agree wise. with that. Is this a
0: strategy? Would you, re- would you recommend that? I mean, you had like <laughs> different objectives, like you said already, that you do this class for yourself. For
1: myself, yes.
0: I'd recommend
1: <sighs> that if you do it for yourself.
0: So but I have still, to. Don't you feel on that, that you're devaluing yoga or you're taking something away from your students because they are not as committed
1: as they would be when they would pay for it? Oh, no, not at all. Um, because most of the people that do join. End up paying me. So the people that are dedicated do pay. I, I, the reason that I have optional payments now is because people were sending me gift cards in the mail. They were writing me checks and mailing them to my home address. And I saw people wanting to pay. So I, um, in that way, and, and I want to make it accessible to, I mean, anyone who wants to try it out. And I do have the option to pay. So if someone wants the replays, they have to pay for them. If they want um, more of, I mean, I do have a membership if they want to join, it's low price, but it's really just the intro gateway to the business. So then afterwards, I have other programs that I'm able to upsell. And I hope one day to actually create a, a training for yoga teachers on how to do this morning movement class that I do, because it's been so, so beneficial to people. And the the responses I get back is just, that is payment enough. The the people and their, their testimonials and how much they say that this class has helped them is enough for me to feel so fulfilled. And I mean, I've got someone who joins every day, 10.30 PM in Japan, who joins and says how much of an impact it's making on her and her family. And Uh, A lot of people struggling with um, aging parents is a big, for some reason, my audience who's attracted to this class is, they have a lot of struggles with family or with physical disabilities. And I have someone who I'd stand up most of the time during the class and someone who has ALS and is just supine the whole time and just does his stretches while I'm leading the standing series, he's like, it's the best thing ever. So hmm. But I'm I just... love that
0: you share that. <laughs> this is like the start and that you have other offers. Because that's what I always say when you compare yourself to other yoga and you see this person having this like, I don't know, low priced membership or app, you just see like the tip of the iceberg of their business. Yes. Right so this is not the only offer that you put out no. there shouldn't be a free class where you ask no. people to pay it by donation
1: this is just, yeah, very tip, very tip. So this is what people see introductory. And then there's more beyond that. So I do have courses that are thousands of dollars. I have, um, courses that are in the hundreds and, and other things that are available. And there's, I actually, I did a recent video was, you know, six ways to make money from your free classes. And there's also the option for affiliate income or income from, um, even just leading the class, I can say in my introduction, hey, everyone, I'm taking on two new private students this month. Reach out to me if you want to one of those spots. So there's so much room for invitations for the next thing. And if you don't have that next thing yet, make sure you at least think about what that's going to be before starting something for free or low price. Like have that next step in your mind thinking, okay, in a couple months, I'm going to open up for 10 private students, or I'm going to create this course or six week series or something else. So there definitely has to be the next thing that you're not seeing on the front end, but the people that get invited to the free or low price, they're then getting invited to the next.
0: And you're collecting the email addresses, right? Yes, (laughs) I think I
1: have, (laughs) of course. So I still have them. I think I still have over like about 1500 people who have joined in the past couple of years or more. I don't know. It's a lot. So I love that, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I love that you have really that background as a studio owner, as a yoga teacher to influence your teaching. And when you work with yoga teachers, I think your clients or students, they're really, really lucky to have you.
1: Yes, uh, the studio um, ownership, I feel like that does add some credibility. I'm just sad that I couldn't have done more. But I also then know the side of the studio owner, and I can promise you that studio owners are not making a lot of money. They're struggling more than anyone else. So I see it from both sides. And the teachers are, some teachers will say things like the studio owner makes so much money off of me. And mm. I'm like, no, they don't. They really don't. It is so, so hard. And I get to see it from a lot of different pr- perspectives from an online yoga teacher. Um, I was teaching an in-person class at a local studio. I, I've i paused that for a while now, but I um, my goal has really been to make it so that I can teach yoga in person a couple times a week, if I want to, as as what it started as in the beginning, as, as a side thing that I'm not doing it necessarily for me. But I'm sorry, the we didn't that get I have that makes um, money and generates that income so that I can.
0: Okay. Yeah, sorry, you've been okay. frozen. <laughs> <gasps> frozen. Yes, okay. you've been frozen again. So we had like a few. Yeah. Um, I think we just have to let it go because I don't really know. <laughs> okay, that's okay. We yeah, can let that one go. Uh, yeah, we just let that.
1: Go. Yes, peace, those,
0: those. Sorry, people. Sorry, <laughs> people. <laughs> that's okay. So, thanks for sharing so much about your background and your story. I think it's really inspiring for a lot of people, especially all those young moms out there. And um, and
1: yes, yeah, so where can people go to learn more about you? Definitely. Um, people can go to ashesyoga.com or really anywhere on the internet at ashesyoga. So A-S-H-E-S yoga, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, <laughs> searching my name works too. But ashesyoga.com will bring you to a little bit more information, my schedule, all those things.
0: Thank you so much. And we also add the link to the show notes, of course. Yeah. Wonderful. So yeah, people start teaching online. Start offering free classes, start building your offers.
1: (laughs) Yes. Build up those online offers to add more to your business. There's so much more that you can do as a yoga teacher, whether it's from home, traveling or, you know, building, building up to the life that you want to live with more freedom, more time. You don't have to be working, you know, 40 to 50 or more hours a week. There's, there's definitely possibilities out there.
0: Yes, definitely. Thank you so much for being here, for taking the time.
1: Yeah, thank you for your time as well.